On the 131st episode of Fantasy Lens, we finish up our rankings with our top 20 tight ends. We also discuss a better strategy for looking at drafting defense and special teams instead of doing a basic ranking. Let's start the show! Welcome to Fantasy Lens, home of the back-to-back Amateur Fantasy Podcast League champions. And it is time for the final part of our rankings, tight end slash defense. And hopefully Anthony doesn't get too drunk off National Tequila Day with his homemade margarita. Yeah, I'm not going to lie. I I can't cross my mind that I was like, maybe this is a bad idea. We'll see how the progression goes throughout the podcast, but this is... Couldn't, Couldn't pass it, just couldn't pass it out. It is six ounces of forty percent alcohol by volume. Yeah. So you say, that, you say that literally every time. Like, oh, there's a lot of alcohol. And I'm like, well, it's because it's all alcohol. <laughs> there's two. There's two, <laughs> o- two ounces of lime juice. So and a salt rim. Yeah, the salt rim really helps. Um. So like I said, final part of our rankings: tight ends got top twenty, and then our defense. We're gonna take a little bit of a turn where we just kind of talk about strategy and instead of ranking it since they're so inconsistent, just talk about. Uh, defenses that um, probably overshot their coverage a little bit last year, or just like had some lucky bounces, yeah. or you know, we're going to rebound. Yeah, just yeah, or know. maybe some were ravaged by injuries, like Atlanta. Um, some had a bunch of rookie superstars that might get better. Well, we're just gonna we're not going to rank the defenses. We're just going to give you something that we want you to look out for and stay away from because ranking them is pretty useless. When it comes yeah. to it, <laughs> yeah, they're, they're never right. It's just, it's just funny. Well, before we like move on, it's like because people who were like always high on Seattle for a few years, like, and they would draft them so high, or the Vikings, or the Broncos that one year, or the Panthers, and like, it's immediate drop off. Like, you cannot sustain certain things on defenses. Yeah. Like, and those seem, and just look again, let them get drafted way high because it's stupid. Also, like, yeah, and also I just love the the run the run on defenses that always happen. Like, oh, oh, well, there's four defenses off the board right in a row. Um, all right, but before we do that, I just want to talk about a couple of the RB holdouts. Melvin Gordon might be uh, might be moving down in a lot of people's rankings as we get closer to training camp because he's holding out. They said that they're not really close on a on a deal at all. I mean, I don't know what they're doing. I mean. I mean, they're thinking, I don't want to pay. I know what they're doing, yeah. yeah. I don't want to pay running back, especially Melvin Gordon, who barely averages over four yards a carry when we have Josh Jackson and Austin Eckler. Austin Eckler gets a catch every, like, eight snaps or something like that in the offense. It's crazy. Did you see all the advanced stats of when he plays and when he doesn't play compared to when Keenan Allen plays and doesn't play? Like Mm -hmm. how the team, the record doesn't change for him and, like, the – None of the offensive metrics go down when Gordon doesn't play instead of Eckler. Mm-hmm. But when Allen is out, it's just like a completely different team. Um, huh. And so why isn't Allen a top 10 uh, wide receiver in your guys' rankings? <laughs> uh, he was well, like a wide receiver. Game-breaking wide receiver is more important than a running back. I think we all know that yes, by now. Yes, yes, we do. Um, I mean, it changes. I mean, it stretches the field a lot more. And it definitely uh, feels like they're like it's easier for a next man up running back than it is a next man up wide receiver. Yeah, you always see the running backs. 
Yeah, I mean, like, always, you, always. You, you just said like Jackson, like everyone, like when Gordon didn't go down. Jackson just legit popped up. You said up. when he didn't go down? When he went, when he went down. Oh, okay. And Jackson like, when came, he didn't go down, Jackson still stepped up. When Gordon <laughs> went down, and then Eckler went down, Jackson was there to legit yeah. carry people in fantasy. Yeah, I mean, I wouldn't pay that. I wouldn't I wouldn't give him a huge contract if I was uh, was the Chargers. I, I, there's doesn't make sense to. There's their diamond dozen. He averaged over four years. I know we said we like melvin gordon now this is for fantasy we like melvin gordon as a gm the dude just averaged what was his fourth year and it's the first time he averaged over four yards a carry in his career something like that yeah. why are you paying that guy you like, know, what, what's the point you dra- you draft that guy in the fourth round you're right and i and i and i guess i got when i said i don't know what the team's doing i guess i sort of got blinded by thinking fantasy wise and not really thinking mm-hmm. you know actual mm-hmm. production wise like yeah. I mean, fantasy-wise, they changed their game script in the last couple of years to do exactly what L.A. and Kansas City, like what those teams do where they do little um, out routes with their running backs and they get their running backs in space to catch the ball so they could run it for seven, eight yards instead of behind an offensive line and slam in the middle of a line. They just ch- they're running by throwing, by short throw. Um, which has made him wildly uh, successful in fantasy. So, so he, it's more of a game plan that the Chargers are adopting that has made him successful. So all right. So what's the deal? He's holding out, right? Like he doesn't want to show up. Yeah, and also uh, it was fi- over five yards of carry. So what's the so what's the deal with him? No, this it, is his first year of over four yards. Oh, uh, but he he but did he, have over. But five. he did have over. Five. I know, but I'm saying he never averaged even over four yards before that year. So That's crazy. so all right. Is this going to be like a Le'Veon Bell situation? Do you think? Are um, you thinking that? Are going to hold out? Do you think? Did somebody do that again after seeing what happened to Bell? He just lost a year of profit. Of course. I mean. For not getting a bigger contract. For getting less than what less, Pittsburgh would have given him. I mean, you think, so you think he'll just show up and not? Yeah, eventually. Yeah. Why would you do the Bell thing again? You're, his Bell's a year older and fourteen million dollars. Would you consider Correct. trading him? If the Chargers, mm-hmm. if you think you get something for him, I mean, there are maybe. definitely some teams. No, that... I, you know, I just, I just wait till his his uh, will is crushed and have him back. <laughs> but, you know, he's going to come back by the end of training camp. Worst after the preseason, he's not going to. I don't think he misses a week of football. Okay. Yeah, Bell, probably... Bell was like, I'm the sacrificial lamb, I'm going to do this, so everybody is, like, everybody gains, all my players gain in the future, and what he did just, like, set everybody back, because yeah. they saw that it just wasn't successful. Yeah, and then James Conner was just like, eh, I think I'm just going to gonna be awesome. Yeah, I mean, that was, that was, that made it worse, too, like, they yeah. just fucking didn't miss a fucking beat with him gone. They really missed his pass-catching ability. That that was pretty evident when you watch the Steelers, but well, it's like why Ben made so many more dumb throws and just like yeah. interceptions into the yeah. defensive line. But he, he does make dumb throws regardless. He is that kind of quarterback. Oh, for sure. But do you think he makes less when he has his little five six yard passing buddy to go to over and over and over again? Yeah, I mean, him. Connor did make some nice plays in the, in the passing game. But I mean, like, it's not. Not to Le'Veon Bell. No, no he's not a nobody in the passing game. It's just Bell's the best 
pass catching wide receiver. I mean, uh, running back maybe ever, unless you're putting Tomlinson. Uh, yeah, I'll say Tomlinson. Tomlinson still. But I mean, maybe that's just us thinking. I mean, Tomlinson is a, one of the best running backs ever. But maybe that's us thinking just back on uh, the height of Tomlinson and not. Like, I would like to see the raw statistics of it, but... Well, I think John could bring that up right now. I think he, that's what he's doing right now. He's uh, a little excited. He got very excited about that. Uh, I... Do some yearly averages. Don't do the careers, because uh, obviously LT's going to smoke them in career. Yeah, all right. All right, so average, average. Uh, you know, because he did have some talent. Catches all reception. Right. Uh, let's see. Targets. Oof, man, he fucking, what an animal like I was. Jesus Christ. Um, let's, oh, uh, yeah, why can't you do, no, I'm trying to find the All right, averages. Let's uh, talk a little, yeah. should we talk a little bit about the tight end position while we, yeah, while I mean, looks this up? I mean, yeah, I mean, that's what we're, uh, that's what we're doing here. We're not really here for, uh, running backs and, oh, uh, okay, I got it. All right, fine. He had 3.7 receptions per game, 28 yards per game. And 72% catch percentage for Tomlinson. Now let's go to Le'Veon Bell. I would love to remove all the uh, Jets years from Tomlinson. <laughs> I mean, he was good. He was, he was still good with the Jets. Actually, with the Jets. Uh, yards per reception was up. It was pretty much the same. 28 yards, 3.2 versus I mean, 3.8. I mean, yeah. Look, it's it's gonna be it's gonna be tight. Yeah, let me just go to some of their heights of their career. Um, Thomason had a year where he caught 100 passes, 100 passes flat, which is ridiculous. Um, that's ridiculous. insane for it's 100 passes, 725 yards, four touchdowns. But then after that 100, um, he had a 79 year, and then after the 79, he hovers in the 50. So he was about a 50. He would, it looks like at his height, he would give you 55 catches, 450 yards for a couple touchdowns, catching wise. Nice. Um, I mean, obviously, Le'Veon Bell, although you think of him as one of the best running backs in football, has still only been around for five years yeah. and then one year completely off. Um, he maxed out at 85 the year before. Uh, but then in 2014, he got 83 with 854 yards, which tops oh, by more than 100 yards, the most that Tomlinson ever had. And then about the same touchdowns. They're, they're very similar pass mm. catchers, pretty much. Um, the last two years of Bell, he had over 600 yards and over 75. So if he paid last year, I think he would probably be on a path of, um, being taking that mantle is the best pass yeah. catching running back. Yeah, his average is five catches per game and forty two yards towards Tomlinson's. Yeah, yeah. He's, also, you have to think of just the era. Even like ten years probably makes a huge oh, if difference. You, if you stick Tomlinson in two thousand nineteen on the Rams on the on Pittsburgh on some on, on uh, KC, it's like he's going to be nuts. He's, it's like he's going to be absolutely nuts. Yeah. And that's yeah, that is the other thing. Like he was Tomlinson was doing it when like there weren't really running backs doing that. Yeah, when yeah. North Turner was a visionary. <laughs> so, <laughs> North Turner, yeah. So I guess that's like all you got to say. A North he's amazing. Turner, he's absolutely unbelievable. 
best right. running back in my lifetime so far. Yeah, yeah. I mean, I I hate to say it because I love Barry Sanders, but I think well, Barry he, Sanders is a little before me. He was he was with me, but I um, but I just I think Tomlinson. I I mean, just watch more of Tomlinson than yeah. Barry Sanders. Um, I was a little bit younger, but yeah. fuck Tomlinson. Just watching him it was like again, it was like playing on Madden on easy versus the worst team. And just running up the fucking like yeah, it, it, that's what it, that's what it seemed like watching him play. I mean, and if Bell didn't sit out, he was getting towards best running back I've seen in my lifetime status. I mean, Tomlinson's up there, uh, Priest Holmes, Sean Alexander, Big uh, Clinton Porter's in his prime, but like Clinton Porter's had a very short prime. Yeah, that was also the the whole the, like the Denver Broncos can just. Pick any running back and have them be awesome. Wasn't that a crazy like span where no matter who the fuck was the running back for the Broncos, they just fucking went off. Yeah, yeah. and now they haven't been able to run for the last like three years. Yeah. Besides Philip Lindsay, and now they have a guy who is a quarterback who like runs the team and can't fucking figure out the quarterback situation. But uh, yeah. got him. Yeah, okay. <laughs> this is supposed to be a tight end defense podcast, okay. but we just uh, you know it always comes back to running back in fantasy. <laughs> All right, um, and the. Just Ezekiel Elliott probably is reporting, so you don't have to have any worries That'd about him. Fine, yeah. yeah. All right, so let's go. To, let's go to some tight end rankings. Brian, do you want to proclaim this as the year of the tight end? <laughs> I don't. I don't. I really don't. And I think maybe if I don't, it will be. I think. I think it's going to be. To be honest, I fell on my face last year. Yeah. There were. Actually it does seem a little and a half good tight ends if you're counting Jared. Actually, you could count Ebron. So there's five productive tight ends last year. Mm. There was Kelsey, Kittle, Ertz, Cook, Ebron. Um, yeah. There's obviously a, a fall off after the three, but if you had Cook or Ebron, you could still make it far in the playoffs. I d- honestly didn't see a team in my playoffs without one of those five. Like, not like that made it far. I had one where I made the championship. I lost, of course. I had Austin Hooper. Austin and Hooper. he finished as the number like nine or six, eight, right? I six. Yeah, he was up there, but it was, had, but it was a far, far back. I think I had him in in the haters club, and I yeah, I mean, I, I obviously beat Allison in that one. <laughs> she don't listen to this right uh, now, so yeah. it's not the season. So maybe she, knows, maybe she listened. She uh, well, she didn't make the finals, so good. For I her. feel like I feel like Hooper finished number six last year. He was up there, but it was a far back from like the top guy. So like. If you yeah, he was the, six. He, but it was like but, so, it was so far away. Six, like you yeah, know I mean? like yeah, he was he six six through like uh, fifteen, which was much closer than five one through five. Yeah, like if you were if you were six, you couldn't even see the other guys. Like that's how mm-hmm. far back you were. Like, and only Kelsey Ertz and Kittle had over two hundred points. So it was a pretty down year for tight ends. Besides those three, who killed it? Yeah, and oh, yeah, Ebron yeah. with all of his touchdowns. Even though you were, um, even though you know you were wrong with the year of the tight end, you were one hundred percent right with uh, Kittle. So yeah, I picked Kittle in every single league. Kittle was, Kittle <laughs> was your Kittle was your man, and he fucking just lit up the fucking league last year. 
Why can't we see? No, I don't know what John's done. doing, but uh, no, I'm trying to see. Which stinks because my boy. I'm gonna see so many people pick my boy in like late second, early. Oh yeah, year. no, he's going early this He'll year. Be like you dicks. Yep. That's my kiddo. He's going early. Well, you should got like got one That's good year out of kiddo. How many years? Yeah, he brought me to a finals. I lost, but whatever. Hey, look, I was on the uh, the Earth's bandwagon years ago, before <laughs> he was doing his thing, and I got one good year out of him two years ago when I got him in a, in a few leagues. And then last year, at that point, he was getting drafted way too high. But, uh, I mean, the Earth's bandwagon, I've been riding that shit for, like, fucking five years. Six years. I don't even know how fucking how many years it's been now. But, uh, yeah, he's finally just continuing to be solid. Fucking, that's what it is. But, uh, we doing 15, right? Just FYI. Oh, yeah. I did 20. Oh, I did 20. Ah, all right. Well, I, no, did I did, and I did. Really? I did win with Hooper. Is it really? Is it, oh, you did win with Hooper, nice. You really, you really is it worth... Ranking twenty tight ends. Well, yeah, I mean, some people, some oh, people pick two. What with with the state of tight end? I mean, yeah. I can just throw those five more in there because I actually had an honorable mention. So I'll, I'll uh... also, it's really funny seeing like the bench at the end of the year. Just like I have LaShawn McCoy, Tyler Lockett, Jalen Richard, Robbie Anderson, Kalen Ballage, and Tim Patrick. Ah, fucking Ballage. Ballage. Yeah. Um. All right. So. Let's go. I let's go twenty six or twenty to eleven. Sure. All right. I had uh, twenty Trey Burton, nineteen Jack Doyle, eighteen Chris Herndon. My boy would have been higher if he didn't get rail, railroaded mm. by the league. <laughs> uh, Seventeen Jimmy Graham, sixteen Mark Andrews, fifteen Tyler Eifert. Um, I just I can't trust his injury history. Uh, fourteen Delaney Walker also can't trust Delaney Walker's uh, injury history. But he had four straight 800-yard seasons in a row before he messed up his ankle real bad. Uh, 13, also very injury-ridden, Jordan Reed. Please, our boy. Wow, you have him. Wow. wow. I have a very big issue with your tight end list so far. But maybe I'm just really soup. I'm I'm the tight end guy. I'm yeah. very hyper-focused on tight end. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah, you are. Uh, 12, I mean, you're probably going to have a uh, problem with this, too. Greg Olson, he says his ankle is fine, but... Who knows about that? <laughs> and 11, Jared Cook. He's in for big-time regression. Uh, you're funny, man. Did you want to tear apart my list, Brian? Or, or what? Yeah, go for it. Yeah, I mean, I don't like any of it. <laughs> <laughs> All right, I have uh, 20, Dallas Goder, Goddard, however you want to pronounce it. Dallas Only put Goddard. him on there because if something happens to Zach Ertz, I think he's a stud. So he's one of those guys that will... As a backup, be he's the only tight end cuff out there. Um, dude's a stud. If something happens to Ertz, you have yourself a top four tight end, hands down. Um, 19, Hawkinson. You know, the second time the Lions drafted a tight end so high, I know rookie tight ends besides Evan Ingram two years ago never do anything, but... I don't think they're going to want to get embarrassed picking another tight end that high without showing them off. Uh, 18, very low. I, if I had to change one thing on my list, it would probably be this is Kyle Rudolph. Mm. Mm. Um, he was hot. He finished as tight end. Oh, I completely forgot about Kyle Rudolph. <laughs> I put him, I put him in the 12, 13. All right, but yeah. He so finished Kyle. as tight end eight last year. And now I have him all the way down to 18. 17, Jordan Reed. Um, 16, Delaney Walker, 15, Jimmy Graham, 
14 Greg Olson. That's the old guard all paired together. These are out of respect rankings. Greg Olson might have one year left in him. Jimmy Graham might have a year left. Lenny Walker and Jordan Reed as well. Um, two of those guys are going to be shit. <laughs> so <laughs> I'm just telling you now. But two of them might be great. Then uh, I guess the guy with the biggest problem with you, John, was Trey Burton. Mm. I am at 13, which still isn't high. But 20 seems really low. He came in at number seven last year. Um, I mean, he averaged 7.5 points a game. So that's how terrible tight ends were, where he finished seven. I had a tough time with Trey Burton because he was so touchdown dependent. You know? And it was always the, those shovel passes. But he was a big shovel pass. I had guy. a tough time ranking him in this. Yeah, I mean, look, if, if you finish seven and you average 7.5 points a game, that's pretty bad. Um, but I didn't want to leave him outside the top 15 because it's his second year in an amazing system yeah. that produced Travis Kelsey. And he's not Travis Kelsey. He'll never be Travis Kelsey, but whatever. Um, 12, Austin Hooper. The dude's going to finish eighth or something because he always does, but he's just so not sexy, and it's only going to be if everybody else sucks, he'll finish high. And then 11, David Njoku. Mm. Um, wow, I think that's low, but all right. Low and what, what, like he should be higher? Or? Yeah, yeah, yeah. He finished, uh, ninth last year. Um, there's a couple guys I like that, that are coming back from injury that I like more than him. That's why I bump him down to 11. And it's, there's also going to be a lack of targets. Okay. Uh, do I think he could be good? Sure. Um, but I, I think he's going to have to fight for targets. Alright. All right, I will do my now 20 through 11. Yeah. Um, so I'm going to stick with this. I was going to change it. I'm going to keep it. Keep it. Number 20. Probably not going to let happen. But he's back. What? Jason Witten. He's back from the booth. I forgot he was back. He is not going to play all like he's that not gonna, feels he, like so long ago. He, I know, right? He's but he's not going to get like a he's not going to be like a full game. Now that's a legacy pick. So I would just want to see what he could do in a return season. Like maybe if I had like a last pick, whatever, or and I just want to just take a shot in the dark. Maybe Witten. I mean, one of the greatest tight ends of all time. I mean, if your team is in need of a security blanket, yep. if you feel unsecure, insecure in your own skin and need a blanket, sure. He's that like, is. he's like one of those like 20 pound weighted blankets so. that take care of your anxiety and make you feel all comfortable. I have one of those actually. It's not for anxiety. It's apparently supposed to make me sleep better. I use it for a while. I stop. Is it cause it's just like you're so like tiny? Like, you're I just like, can't. <laughs> like, like you, like you don't get, you don't go into the mattress at all. I mean, I don't really, I, mean, I don't know how shitty your mattress is, but I don't go into my mattress. Well, wait, you like a very, how firm of a mattress do you sleep on? I mean, pretty firm. Ah, okay. It's a nice I like a firm mattress, and we got a memory foam, and D loves it, and I, I just, I'm not doing too well with it. We apparently got a really expensive mattress that we had to put on like some goddamn payment plan like fucking 10 years ago. But it's like a 25 year warranty on this thing. It's worth it. You spend a third of your life on your mattress. Yeah, so. Well, the, uh, I have like, I do have like, I have that gel memory foam thing on the top, so it's like, Firmer on the bottom with the gel layer on top that I like. Mm. Anyway, um, we get away from security blankets. Um, number 19, Tyler Eifert. He's tough because he's fucking always injured. 
but he was really talented. Uh, oh, same goes with the number 18 pick. Jordan Reed, fucking always injured, but talent is like wide receiver talent. Um, number 17, Jimmy Graham. He's in a system where they just don't use tight ends, but he is talented still. 16, Jack Doyle. Um, he's awesome. It just sucks that Ebron's there, and he has to share targets with him. 15, Kyle Rudolph. Another guy who's not flashy. Get your points. Probably will finish higher than 15. I feel like you can say that about, about a bunch of tight ends. Who's not flashy? He gets the job done, though. No, I mean, some are flashy. Graham, I think, reads flashy. But, uh, but Rudolph, he'll probably finish higher than top 15. But just, again, not flashy. 14, Trey Burton. Very hard to, like I said, to figure out a lot of touchdowns. Sometimes there were games where he was getting one catch for six yards and a touchdown. And it was nice. Obviously, you're getting a touchdown out of it. But the targets need to improve for me to want to move him up. Austin Hooper, just a fucking, it's like a, you'll like you're not excited about him at all. You're really not excited to draft him, but he'll get you top 12, probably. Uh, 12, Vance McDonald, uh, another guy I'm not, I'm not wow. excited for any of these guys. That's, okay. I'm not excited for any of these guys. That's, ver- that's very different from where I have Um, your whole list is weird. Um, I, I like Vance McDonald. And 11, Delaney Walker. Um, he was a consummate top 10 uh, tight end for a while. And last year, first game of the season, very gruesome injury. Yeah, that's gross. Um, yeah, so I'm hoping for a bounce back uh, this year. I mean, I don't like the Titans offense, but I like Delaney Walker. So just misses the top 10. I like him, you know, to be a bounce back this year. Okay. That's fair. I mean, I just, Vance McDonald, like, that kind of, that, that surprised me. From all, like, from that group of guys, you had a bunch of, like, you know, like, the older, kind of, injury-ridden mm-hmm. guys, and then you have Vance McDonald, a freaking, like, Goliath of a man. Yeah, I just don't think... I mean, and it's Pittsburgh, they always use their tight ends, too, but, whatever, we'll get to them. Should we just do 10 to 1, or are we doing... No, do, do, ten, do 10 to 5, uh, 10 to 6. 10 to 6, alright. Number 10, Hunter Henry. Coming back from injury, uh, came back a lot sooner than people expected. Is he gonna have? He was t- a boy before. He was a big he was a boy. He was a big boy. Yeah, he, Yo, was, he was one of the original. Yeah, we we are like Chargers complete haters and Chargers boys. Like we got two of our favorite boys <laughs> and one of our. Well, we know which we know what makes the Chargers go. But it's just funny. It's like we hated Melvin Gordon. On the Chargers, and we loved Keenan Allen, and, and like we had two boys and one guy we hated. Like it's just like very, very Charger centric. Uh, we like to focus on the Chargers, yeah, for some reason. Uh, number nine, Eric Ebron. Uh, I, don't know, I had like I, I had a problem with him and Jack Doyle, and I feel like Ebron is very touchdown reliant. I guess you can say that about everyone. Tough place with him. Eight, Austin Hooper. Uh, you hope improved offensive line with the the Falcons. They have maybe. Improved offense. Well, they should have an improved offense. Uh, more red zone uh, opportunities is better for Austin Hooper. Uh, seven, David Njoku. Um, I understand Brian's point about the touches. That's pretty much what you're going to say with every Browns because they have guy, they have ballers at every position. But their offense is going to be so good that I feel like their their red zone opportunities going to be so much. And to be top seven in the tight end position, you don't have to. You have to get. 60 yards a game. I feel like he can do that. 
That was very fair. Uh, and then number six, my last one is OJ Howard. Uh, Bruce Arians, he's gonna, he's gonna throw it. He's gonna throw it all day. <laughs> uh, he just, he said that, um, what's, uh, uh, Goodwin or Godwin is not gonna come off the field at all. Like, he's just gonna be constant offense, like, just relying on Jameis. Like, he doesn't care if he throws two, three interceptions a game. He's just gonna keep chucking it and, O.J. Howard is always always a good target for him. And was finally getting into a groove before got hurt. getting hurt. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. All right, Brian, what are your uh, – All right, I paired six? these two together. I feel bad putting the one ahead of the other. I have 10, Jack Doyle, 9, Eric Ebron. Um, Eric Ebron, obviously touchdown dependent. Did finish as tight end four last year, so got to give him props to that. But when Jack Doyle was healthy and on the field, he out he out targeted him. So I, I still I still think Jack Doyle is um, Luck's guy. I just think he had a very injury riddled year last year. Um, so those two could flip flop, and they're going to sap each other's uh, they're going to sap each other's potential a little. So without one or the other. Both of those guys, I think, would be top five. And it's, and it's funny because I definitely have Ebron higher than Doyle, but I guarantee you there's a better chance I end up with more Jack Doyles than Ebron oh, on yeah. my team. I've already put a note in my head that I will Jack Jack Doyle at the bottom of most drafts if yeah. he's still around. Yeah, because I think Ebron, based on last year, is going to get overdrafted, and he'll he won't end up. He ended up on a decent amount of my teams last year, but. None of my teams probably this year because he will be overdrafted because people will overlook the whole Jack Doyle because he was hurt majority of the year. But like you said, yeah. when he's on the field, he was getting targeted by luck a decent amount. More than Ebron. Yeah. So. Um, eight, you guys are going to hate me for this. Probably Vance McDonald. I have him high. I know that. I know he's what, 29 and hasn't had a year in his career where he's been anything crazy but look they didn't go out and get a tight end they lost brown um jesse james is gone too jesse james is gone they lost brown who gobbled up the most targets i think of anybody in the league last year jesse james is gone um so they have juju and they're hoping washington gets better he's gonna be targeted Uh, i mean they don't have belt He's he's gonna get his opportunities. That I just don't know if he's a good. A t- good I just don't know if he's a really good tight end though. You know what he's not. Like, Look, he's like, not. That's if the you problem. Drop Jack Doyle in this position. I'd put him number number four, right behind. Oh, the, if Jack Doyle trade. was if Jack Doyle was the number one on Pittsburgh, he would be a top five probably in my sure. In my if, if most people were, they would be a top five, but they're not. Vance McDonald is, and this is the one ranking where opportunity outweighs skill. You always hate doing it because people focus on opportunity much more than skill, and it burns them a lot. But it's just such a vast opportunity pit for I him. Just, I just remember people loving Heath Miller, and he never produced the way he should have or the people wanted him to. And I, maybe even Heath Miller might have been a better pass catching tight end than Vance McDonald is. Um, I just, Sure, but with the position being so – I guess different. Stinky or, or stinky, but I I just don't know. I just I, uh, I mean, look. After the first maybe four, it's all a crapshoot. So he probably yeah. won't, he probably won't end up on a lot, on a lot of my teams. 
but good for you if you could get him and that opportunity pays dividends. Um, then seven, I have Hunter Henry, our boy, give it up for Hunter Henry. Hopes, hopefully he's, he's back, back healthy. He looks just as good as he did starting his career. Let's all hope if he does, then you hit the lottery with him pretty much. Hunter Hurst Henry. Love it. Yeah. So I I mean, pretty much if, if he's healthy, he's going to be a fucking stud. If he has the same athleticism he did before his terrible injury, um, this is an upside pick. Yep. And then six is Jared Cook uh, on the Saints. Let's see if he could duplicate what he did last year. I mean, he'll have a lot more competition to do so. But he was really good last year, so I gotta give give him some props. He had two, like he had two or three games where he single handedly single handedly won me the week because he had like two touchdowns and thirty points in your crazy full PPR league. Yeah, I mean he's he's a kind of a boomer bust guy, but there's not very many boom guys on this list. Exactly. Well, speaking of boom guys, this is probably not one of them. Are you the boom king? Um, I'm gonna go number ten, and I may be a little higher on him than most because I don't even think Brian said his name more. Nor I don't even know if he's gonna have him ranked uh, based on his five. Maybe he will. Uh, Greg Olson. Maybe he is higher on him than me. Uh, Greg Olson's uh, 14 on my list. Okay, and 12 on my list. I, 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 I think he's a guy who, on that offense, as long as he stays healthy, is going to continue to see targets. I mean, how many games has he missed? Like, like I love Greg Olson, obviously, like, third leg Greg, 7th four, four crew, like, great OG YouTube video. <laughs> but, I mean, a 6th four crew, not 7th four crew, obviously, sorry. Um... But he's just having like the past two seasons. He's just been I get injury it. racked. I get and it. It's ain't off. Oh, I get it. But it's, but it's upside. So like I Graham gets injured. Reed get in. It gets injured. Eifert gets injured. Like these players do get injured. And then you have the boring players. You know, like I didn't I, even rank Eifert. So this like year. I, I was. I had a look. He has talent, but the injuries are crazy. So like he. I, See, I don't think his talent is good enough to outweigh the injuries. Olsen, sure. Graham, sure. Walker, sure. Reed, sure. Eifert, even when he's on the field, like, he's just touchdown or bust. It's red, it's red zone. But, I mean, as long as Dalton is the quarterback and as long as Eifert is in the game and they're in the red zone, there's a lot of plays for Eifert, you know. I mean, how many times have we been getting in the red zone, though? So. Well, I know you hate Andy Dolan well, and, the Bengals, and the Bengals offense because <laughs> you just, obviously hate Tyler Boyd, and they just gave him a nice contract. Yeah, they did give him so, Tyler Boyd a nice contract. Um, I mean, I will, I will say I ranked him very low. You did rank him very low. Um, all right, so I do like Greg Olson. I like the upside of him being in that offense because Cam Newton and him have a very good rapport for many years. Uh, number nine, Eric Ebron, touchdown dependent, as we saw. Maybe Jack, like I said, even though I have him – Seven spots higher than Jack Doyle. I will probably end up with Doyle on uh, more of my teams than Ebron because he will be drafted way too high. And I probably have him lower than most people do. Um, eight, Evan Ingram. I probably could have him higher, but I just, I really, I know we talked about this with the wide receivers and how, you know, Brian like Shepard and because... You know, they're going to be behind a lot and they're going to be throwing a lot. But I just 
don't trust that offense at all. And I mean, but I, also think how many targets did ODB take up? A hundred and I get fifty. It. I, I I get it. I also think it's going to be like everyone's just going to focus on Barkley. Yeah. And look, they're going to be able, and they should focus on Barkley. And it's not going to be a dynamic passing offense. But these guys on the Giants, these three targets of Ingram, uh, Shepard, and Tate, are just going to gobble up seven yard passes over and over. Especially if Eli stays. It's good. It, it's going to be. It's a team of Jarvis Landry's, basically. <laughs> look, I, I get it. I get it. I just don't like it. Like, I just don't. Like, but I mean, I like him a lot more than a bunch of this other stuff that the tight ends. But I think the players, I I think the players in front of him, I think, just have more opportunity. And I'm, I think he's not terrible. He's the tight end of Mari Cooper. The dude's hands are terrible. (laughs) Um, He's wildly athletic. Yeah, and sometimes he just looks out, 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 absolutely amazing, and goes off. And sometimes he just drops everything that hits his hands. But, like, whereas there's a lot of wide receivers to compare Amari Cooper with, there's not a lot of tight end, good I, tight ends. I just look at the, the tight ends above him, and I would just rather have these guys. So, obviously, we're just going to finish with six. And, uh, oh, sorry, stuff. Wow. Uh, seven, David Njoku. I just think that offense is they're gonna throw the ball a ton. They're a great offense, and like, I just think he's on he's on a better team that's gonna have opportunity. So he will he is going to see more red zone opportunities hmm. than Ingram's going to see. So I like that fact that he may well out touchdown Ingram, which I think will over chat over overdo anything that Ingram does. So I feel I like, like they're like they're the two complete. Opposite ends of the spectrum tight ends. Like both, like just opportunity wise. Both athletic, both young, both like, I mean, Najoku has better hands than Ingram, but not one's on, much. <laughs> one's on a team with so many, so many guys that can, that are great in the red zone and can, uh, can navigate in the red zone that's going to be tough to get so many, you yeah. know, his target share up. Whereas Ingram is, there's a huge void, but, that offense is so bad, and this one star guy can he go off that guy and and produce? Yeah, I mean his touchdown count's not going to be great, Ingram. That's the one thing you hate about him is that that team can't average more than twenty points a game. Uh, they haven't for the last few years uh, under Eli, and that's terrible. That means that there's not many touchdowns that go around every game. But the nice thing about and it, most yes. of them are probably going to be Barkley. See, what I think, yeah, it's like two touchdowns a game. One of them's most likely going to be Barkley. What's nice about Najoku is I feel like he could run a twenty to twenty-five yard route and get hit by Mayfield. Whereas, like you said, Ingram's got to run a seven to ten yard route because that's what Eli's going to hit him with. So, like, I just think the chunks would be better for Najoku. The the red zone opportunities would be better for Najoku. Mm-hmm. So, like, that's why I have him higher. Okay. I'm not going to argue. I mean, I mean, that's fine. It's just like. It's, it's it's an interesting thing to of course. To say. Uh, number six is Jared Cook. He was phenomenal. Uh, I mean, poor drafted him last year. Fucking lucked out. He wasn't drafted um, in a bunch of leagues. He was a week one guy. Yeah, like, he was even a week if one he wasn't drafted, well, week one waiver wire pickup, fantastic. He was great all year on an offense that was pretty fucking shitty. Now he's on a team that a couple of years ago had. Uh, 
uh, tight end uh, ben, ben, Watson. ben Watson, who fucking just went off, who was like in his mid-30s. Go off king, yeah. So, besides Michael Thomas, you know, you have the Ted Ginn and the Traquan Smith and whatnot of the Saints to be the wide receivers, mm. but Jared Cook is a huge target. Like, that... And they're going to be a team that will be in the red zone. Is going to get to see a lot of. And I feel like in the red zone, though, the Saints utilize Alvin Kamara so much. They, he's so of, good. Of he's course. so good at at sneaking in those last six yards. Of course, because he's course so tiny, he just like ducks behind, like ducks under people. Absolutely, and he's Gumby. <laughs> yeah, he, uh, he's really, a real life version of Gumby. He really I've is. never seen a player get hit and just like half of his body kind of sways in one direction and then stiffens back up and he keeps going it's like what just happened to him does he have bones is this guy not <laughs> did he take out his bones to become a better running back it really is amazing how it's, an so, autopsy how it's so hard to like single tackle him like when you're just like coming at him mm-hmm. like, it's amazing but he's my favorite running back in the league right now but oh that's interesting considering Mark i love come on um all right i mean uh, i love barkley because a team but like if i'm leaving my team out of this okay <laughs> Watching Kamara run is very, very fun. Um, but yeah, no, Cook's going to have the opportunities. And, you know, you're, you're going to the most accurate passer in the history of football. He throws you a 10-yard pass. He's going to catch it. Oh, I, my I, God. We get it. Yeah, we get it. We just can't throw the people anymore. He can so, only throw. Like, so, Eli throws 7-yard passes. We're just going to throw 10-yard passes. But they're more accurate 10-yard no, passes. I just see him throw a football. <laughs> Uh, so I, I that's yeah. So I have Cook at six. Um, I think he'll he'll replicate what Ben Watson did when he was on the Saints. That's fair. All right. Uh, my top five. Number five, Evan Ingram. We talked about him enough. Number four. Uh, I guess I'm kind of surprised I had him this much higher than all you guys. Is Vance McDonald? I just think that. Woo! I, wow. I didn't rank him. Woo! Uh, oh man. Nah, with the with the targets that are going to be available in Pittsburgh. They have, besides Juju, who... Am I drunk? Or did you just say that? Well, <laughs> it could be both. Right. Um, I had a piece, so it's not like... Yeah. But still. But um, with the with the amount of targets that Antonio Brown has left in Pittsburgh, um, they have Juju, Dante Moncrief, who, honestly, I... I mean, if someone's going to get those secondary receiver targets in Pittsburgh, it's going to be, I guess, Dante over Eli Rogers. But, I mean, I'm... Yeah, Washington. Like, I guess, yeah, but... Or James Connors. They're also a prime. They're a prime time team of. Uh, they love their a tight ends. Huge waiver wire guy yeah. that we all missed on. Yeah, probably because sure. of how good their offense always is and how void of um, draft. Like because they have, so people are going to draft McDonald, Connor, Juju, maybe Washington. So they're only going to draft four people from this team. Besides, there's going to be ben. somebody else that comes out. Yeah, of course. Oh no, absolutely. But but I'm just saying I've. I feel like Vance McDonald, like, they love their tight ends. They always work to their tight ends. I just like them. And then my top three, everyone's top three is Ertz, in some order, is going to be Ertz, Kittle, and then Kelsey. And that's your order? That That is my order. Gotcha, okay. Ertz, Kittle, Kelsey? Ertz, Kittle, Kelsey. Okay. Julie, I mean, is Julie Ertz's husband. I mean, Ertz. I think after we get, I say after we do Oh, that's who he is? Yeah. Oh, okay. Yeah, I, I, I knew, I knew Julie. Zach Ertz, I was a little fuzzy on. <laughs> so after we do top three, I guess we could just all, after all of us finished in, we could just talk about those three. Yeah. I mean, yeah. Sure. Just talk about the Yeah, that's just fair. Talk. So. Brian, right, Brian, top five. Top five. All right. Uh, five, Evan Ingram. We had the conversation. Last year, he, uh, if you just went by points per game, if he wasn't injured, would have came in at seven. 
Um, so you think Ebron's going to fall, and then he would have to jump over Cook to justify number five. Number four, I have O.J. Howard. I'm high on him. I think this is his breakout year. I put him close to the top three. Oh. I think, I think the top, you get, I think if you get, this is the guy you could get possibly in the sixth round mm-hmm. where you're like, like fuck it, fuck missing out on Kelsey Kittle, Ernest, yeah. because I have Howard too. I'm very high on Howard mm-hmm. this year. Um, he would have came in at fifth with points per game if he played the whole season. Wow. Um, last year and that's, just him getting kind of spicy, kind of saucing it up, you know, do, going into his sophomore year as a tight end, which is when they start kind of feeling it out. Yep. Um, oh, we yeah. know Jameis Winston loves tight ends. We know that his other running mate, Brait, he no longer is competing with as much, right? Brait's not there anymore. Oh, he's there. Oh, he's, he's there. there. Oh, but, he's there. But I feel like he, he's falling back a little bit. It's Yeah, falling back a bit. I think this is... This uh, and and you have a new coach and the new coach is going to come in and be like, look, this is the extremely uber talented um, draft pick. Dude can block. Dude can catch. Let's thrust him up there. I love Howard. Way uh, too this year. way too much Brate hate on this uh, podcast. Brate hate. I'm a huge. I'm a huge. Oh, um, I know how much you love. I'm Brate. a huge Brate head. So, uh. <laughs> but I, I put I put a lot of distance between OG Howard. Between Howard and the next, and people below him. So I think this could turn into a four-man race. And then I have oh. uh, three Ertz, two Kittle, one Kelsey. Yeah. Oh wow! So I, I, you know, I thought I was doing a little weird thing by doing mine, but apparently we're all on the same page. Um, all right, five OJ Howard. Obviously, you just talked about it. Uh, second year when they start coming into their own, the really good tight ends. This is gonna be, you know, he got hurt. This is the year. Uh, James Winston's gonna throw the ball 60, 70 times a game. Uh, <laughs> so they have no running game, yeah. and James Winston will, you know, just constantly throw the ball. And OJ Howard is a great target. Not only can he catch the ball, he can run a fucking route. I mean, like a fucking fly route. Like he could just bolt and catch a good ball. I love, like you said, it may be a four. It may end up being a four uh, tight end race, even though I have him fifth because my number four boy is our boy. Hunter Henry. Yeah, He's coming baby. back, baby. I love Hunter Henry. And I was so fucking disappointed. Like, when he got hurt, it really hurt me. Same thing with Keenan Allen when he got hurt. Because <laughs> they, they're our boys. And I hate when they see them go down. And Henry's going to be back in a big way. And he may be a tight end that I think might get overlooked. And you might be able to get good value on him. Uh, of course, we know his body of work prior to getting injured in that year. Uh, but I think he's going to be undervalued, and he is going to be the tight end that may be, like, the best value of the entire draft of tight ends. Well, yeah, if you're if you're missing out on top three. Yeah. So, and then, of course, the... Do you think that this podcast could mentally deal with the Bob Woods injury? No. No, how not. much you just kind of... Uh, were drained from a Hunter Henry injury? I would, it, well, the Hunter Henry injury was on top of losing the Keenan Allen uh, yeah, years prior. True. So it's like, it would be strike three for us, I'm pretty sure, if Bob, Bob Woods went down. Bob Woods injury would be terrible. I mean, a Kittle injury would hit me extra hard, but <laughs> this podcast, a Bob Woods injury would be really terrible. Bob Woods would probably, it would it would hurt, especially if it was... Should uh, we season? rank our top ten guys that we would all flip out? <laughs> we, should we do a top ten boys list? Uh, well, yes! We what? probably yes, should do a top ten boys list. Um, well, one of our boys is, might be 
getting re- cut by the Lions and have to retire yeah, out of the league. Yeah, uh, Theo, man. Consummate boy. But uh, all right, uh, obviously top three. We had the same uh, three. It was Ertz, Kittle, Kelsey. That's how I have it. Yeah. Um, all right, so we all had it. Ertz, Kittle, a lot of A lot of, uh, you know, experts, quote-unquote, um, have Ertz number two. I mean, it it's... Whatever. I, mean, I don't think it really matters. As long as you have one of those three, you're gonna you're gonna be happy with your title. I think besides oh. Kelsey being one, because he is the one. Like on that yeah. offense, for sure, he, he is he is the true one. Then you have two and three. He is Neo. Yes, of course. It, it at the, at the point of Kittle or Kel, uh, Kittle or Ertz, it is all preference at that. Yeah, point. I mean it, Kelsey is nowhere near the tight end. And will never be anywhere near the tight end that Gronkowski ever was. As his peak. But he is, like Gronkowski every year, was the number one. He will have this number one mantle at least for another three years, I would think. And as long as as Mahomes is his quarterback and that offense continues to run through Andy Reid, that he he is going to be the number one tight end. But Kittle, man, he just has – so let's talk about the top three then. Um, why we put Kittle over Ertz? Uh, I, is it just the the potential, the upside? You know, second year, first year, amazing, injured, but amazing when he came back. So just good as a rookie, first year, he, playing through, and he played through injury, and he was good. Second year, absolutely unbelievable. Second year in the league, phenomenal. So you're just thinking, third year, he's a junior now. Does he have up. another level? And can he get to a Kelsey level? He's going to have it on a level, and I think he's going to get better quarterback play. So I think that's I mean, going to To be honest, he, he was fine with either – I mean, Garoppolo didn't play that much last year, but he was fine with Garoppolo he or barely, Mullins. But I, I, or he, Beathard, even. Or, yeah. yeah he, like, no matter what quarterback. Like he, I, don't, I mean, I guess you could say the system is quarterback-proof or like the – He's Kittle, the most athletic Kittle. of all the tight ends. Yeah. But now, but Kittle was quarterback proof, but so, yeah, it so, doesn't matter who who was thrown. So now, but now you're going to get. You should hopefully you you would hope if Garoppolo is the guy you want him to be, you're going to get better consistent quarterback play. I mean, Two, Nick Mullins was fucking. But great. He, in spurts, yes, he started off hot and then was in spurts. But then two, you have now uh, a trio of running backs. That could spread that field with Tevin Coleman, Jared McKinnon, and uh, and Manasha and, Trois, and yeah, and uh, Breda. <laughs> <laughs> so you have those three, um, and then Marquise Goodwin can do his thing. Um, I think and Pettis, man, and Pe- oh, Don- Pettis. that's right, Dante Pettis. That's right, like sorry, Pettis. Dante, sorry, Dante Pettis. Pettis. Honestly, so like, I feel like we keep sleeping on Pettis. He he had a really good second half so, of the season. So think about what you have here. You have two. Solid wide receivers. I wouldn't even say solid, because maybe Goodwin's not that solid. But you have two competent wide receivers. You have a trio, as you would say, menage a paint, in the running back. I'm game. staying away from the running back stuff. But I'm saying, no, no, but no, but I'm saying, to help Kittle. You have the, the menage a paint of running Kittle's back. The, Kittle would be the number one guy and, from the Niners, obviously. But then you have a constant quarterback, as long as Garoppolo could stay healthy. And even if he can't, if he we I'm, saw I'm, I'm what he could too. do. I think... Kittle is just going to get better year three. Like, it's just going to happen. And Ertz, as good as he is, I still see they have Godair, which it's not, um, he's not like an amazing tight end, but he cuts into some time. And I just think the Eagles offense is just, it just doesn't run the way, I think the 49, I mean, I know the Eagles offense may be better, but I just, it doesn't run the same way. 
And I think well, that, and also Wentz has to prove that he's going to stay healthy because if Wentz goes down, Ertz is fucked because they're a package deal. Yeah, yeah, and they don't have Foles anymore. They have uh, fucking Nate Sudfeld or whatever. And Ertz and Foles, Ertz was wasn't good with Foles. Mm-mm. So I just I I just think there's more upside to Kittle, and from what I watched of him uh, last year, he just fucking puts on clinics. Like I mean, like. Straight up clinics. Yeah, he he's one of those guys that is fast when he's on the football field. Yeah, he, he, like, he knows where there. he's going. Yeah, and it's only going to get better. He's young. It's going to get fucking better. Like, Ertz is like, what, late 20s now? Like, he's probably peaked. Kittle hasn't peaked. Right? Nah. Yeah, no, yeah, we are exactly, all in yeah. agreement. I, I agree. Yeah. And then Kelsey, of course. Kelsey is peaking. Still, he's still, he's still in a, in a, I mean, maybe maybe he's not in a in a class of his own. Maybe Kittle will get there, but you put Kittle in that Kansas City offense is probably going to be Kelsey, right? Like that's that offense is fucking ridiculous for and, sure. And Kelsey is just good. Like he is a wide receiver in a tight end's body, and that offense just makes it better. So. I mean, if you put if you put Mahomes and Tyree Kill. In an offense, then you, the tight end and the running back are going to be good. Yep. Because the, uh, the amount that defenses are afraid that Mahomes is going to chuck up a 70 yard bomb to Tyree Kill at any given moment just makes everybody's life so much easier. Oh yeah. Oh yeah. It's, yeah, it's ridiculous. So, I mean, if, if I have a late first round pick, I may end up with one of those two tight ends, Kittle or Kelsey. But my hope is that an early first round pick gives them one of them on the swing around in well, a second. That's the hope. Is like you get an early first round pick, so you get your top running back. You wrap you hope that at that wrap on the second to third, Kittle falls because Kelsey's not falling. Kelsey's from everything I've seen, Kelsey Kelsey's going like ten. If which Kelsey, is like, I mean, I get it, but that's that's ridiculous. Which is crazy because I honestly would rather have Tyreek Hill. Yeah, I mean, honestly, if you can get so if you have like the three pick or whatever, you get like McCaffrey or Zeke or Kamara as your yeah, top running back. Yeah. On the wraparound, you get Kittle or Ertz, and on the other wraparound, you get. Um, like Thielen, not like so. I say even better than Thielen, probably. Let me say him. I gotta say my wide receivers ranked. Let me see uh, who I had because that would be a good. Uh, uh, I guess yeah, hey, Thielen. like Thielen or like Ty or like Evans or, or Keenan Allen or Keenan Allen. Yeah, or Keenan Allen, maybe. But uh, yeah, uh, it's Kelsey is gonna be drafted no later than fourteen. Yeah. So. No later than 14. So, yeah, I don't think Kelsey makes – I think uh, Kittle makes it to the back of a second. I would Top love of that. a third. I, w- I would just worry about someone drafting Kelsey and then the players after him getting All worried. going mm-hmm. crazy with the – Getting ends. worried knowing that there is a tier. Like there is a tight end tier and that they need to get their Kittle. No, that's nerds, true. You know? at, so that, say at that you point, have a one through four pick and – Kelsey's there, which he probably won't be, or Kittle's there, which he might be, um, Ertz maybe even. 
if you want to put him up there. And you have guys still around um, when you come down to the bottom of the second, like A.J. Green, um, Amari Cooper, Damian Williams, uh, Aaron Jones. Like just these guys that are going to be either wide receiver or running back, like low-end wide yeah. receiver or running back ones, like a bunch of those guys. I think I, I want the tight end first. Because one of those guys is going to come on the wraparound back to me. Yeah. Maybe I won't get to pick the one I like the most, but I'm going to get one. Well, you're, that, like that's... John said, you're going to get a Thielen. You're going to get a Cooper, Amari Cooper. You're going to get oh, you're going to get somebody on the wraparound. It might not be the one your choice, but it's going to be in that cluster of well, like six wide receiver running backs that you were looking at. That's what I was going to say too. Like, all right, so let's say you have the number two pick in a twelve team league, right? So you get your McCaffrey, your Kamara, whatever. On the wraparound, you Kittle's still available, right? But so is a Mike Evans, a T.Y. Hilton. Honestly, with any of these, I'm still going tight end because the, let's just say, the point differential that you're getting from a t- right. tight end is so Wait. much bigger of a guarantee than what you're getting from the 8th to 12th receiver. Uh, and I I'm agree. Gonna, I'm gonna throw, I'm gonna throw the one thing in there. What? Maybe in a league people are afraid, but he, I'm sure he won't last. But let's just say. Antonio, Antonio Brown. Brown is still available. Are <laughs> you, are you going Kittle Jesus or Ertz fuck. over Antonio Brown? That's the exception. The Antonio Brown exception. That is the exception. I don't exception. know if I even make the exception for Todd Gurley. I, Oof. ooh, I think I'm making the exception for Todd. I, Obviously, the next few weeks might tell, like, the, the tale of what's gonna happen with Gurley. And if you pick Gurley, you better draft somebody like Henderson or something. Like, you better get your insurance plan if you pick Gurley. Of course. Absolutely. You better get your insurance plan. But, but like, like, Gurley is available. Uh, let's say Gurley, Brown, like, that- What about Tyreek Hill? Is I'm taking Tyreek Hill. the board now that he's- are we sure he's not getting suspended and now he's back to where he would have been before all of this? Are we sure that the The Chiefs aren't suspending him? So he's so he's back to so we're just putting Tyreek Hill back to where he would have been. Which so, is a top five wide yeah. receiver. Yeah. I'm probably moving him honestly, I'm probably moving him in front of Devontae Adams and I'm making it Odell, Hopkins, Thomas, Tyreek Hill, Adams, and then you know, Julio, Juju, Antonio Brown. Like yeah, he that goes makes sense. he slots into my four. Yeah. That makes sense. So, so he's probably not on the board. He's he's gone. He's absolutely gone. So we're saying there's a possible Gurley exception because he might fall. There's a possible Brown exception because yeah. he might fall. For me, my weakness would be um, in this scenario that Kittle's still there. My weakness would be if Connor is still there because I have Connor ranked so much higher than They're so many people, other people. Yeah. If – is your first pick – was that a running back too? So like you just have the two like a, well of course a, because, you, yeah, would, you because, just have a dominant duo of running backs. Well, it would it would be because if you were the one two three, you're obviously your so so I mean uh, yeah well, if you if you if you have a chance to do Connor and McCaffrey, Connor and Kamara. Well, that's the thing is my that's like my scenario that is, is that is you're winning that running back battle every week. every week every week not even close. So like that's the thing is like um, that's a, that's like forty points no matter what. So we all have our trigger people then. Of course. Of, like, this is the only way I'm not picking the kiddo. Mine would be Connor and maybe Brown. 
Mine would be Brown and probably. I mean, Garth. honestly, if like I guess it works out where if any of like my top six guys at any position, if one of those guys drops to like the fifteen to twenty range or whatever, yeah, then yeah, I'm probably hopping on them. But that's that's got to be like one of those elite guys that you know that you're getting and you're getting 15 points. So the good thing about like drafting too, so like on the wrap, it's just the one guy who don't have you have to hope, yeah. just doesn't want to go tight end. Like three is harder because and also, yeah because yeah at three yeah there's a better chance Brown's available and there's a better chance that Connor or Gurley are available, but then you now have one two three four picks before you get Kittle. You know what I'm mm-hmm. saying? Like, so like, it, it's, it's a fuck, it's really, it's an art. It's, it's an art of dressing. Honestly, <laughs> um, yeah, unless it's like one of those top five guys falls out at, at either position, I'm, I'm taking tight end. Just cause. There's also nothing worse than drafting 11th and, se- or 2nd and having the 1st or the 12th guy pick both of your guys. Yeah. On a wrap Oh, uh, yeah. Always the worst. Oh, God. I, ugh, that's fucking worst. I don't even know where I want to draft yet this year. Like, I haven't done any mocks. I know you guys have. Um, but I, I really, I gotta get into it. So I want to sort of know where I sort of feel what, you know, what's gonna be better for me. Yeah. But, uh, yeah, it's just, it's, it's tough. It's really tough when it comes to tight end this year. I think it's pretty, it's, it's very clear. Either you get top three or you're waiting for a Hunter Henry to fall. Or you're waiting for, uh, I don't know, maybe hit on Jared Cook. Well, that's the good thing is I think. Or Greg Olson. Like, I think it's where we, where I have Hunter Henry, I honestly think players like, um, Ebron, yeah. Cook, uh, Najoku are gonna go higher than Henry. I think those players are gonna, yeah, so, I think, yeah. I think they're gonna go I higher. Mean, I think, I think, actually, I think, I mean, tight end is pretty clear. The only thing is if, if you reach, if you reach for over one of those guys that you mentioned. I'm, I'm pretty sure I can get Henry at the, like the nine or ten tight end. Yeah, probably. Which yeah, is I mean, great. If you, if you pass on the big three, then you could wait a while. Uh, so I'm, that's, so that's good. Yeah, but you could wait a while, but. It's been a while. And I'm probably not picking Ertz. Until the third. So I'm not having this conversation with Ertz that we are with Kittle. No. I'll wait for the wraparound, and if he doesn't make it, then he doesn't make it. Yeah. Like, I'm... Yeah, Kelsey and Kittle are top... Or Kelsey's probably ended round one. Kittle, middle of round two latest. Ertz, round three. And then you have Ingram, Howard, Nishoku, whatever, like, whatever other couple guys you want to put in there. Rounds, like, five, six, or whatever. See, the, the problem is in 12-team leagues, I think... I don't, by, think, by, I don't think by, I don't think people are reaching for some of these. The mid-tops. problem is also drafting with you guys because I was just gonna wait on Howard till like round six and but, gobble him up and everything. Yeah, <laughs> well, of course, us three we now have issues. But I think in leagues we're not in. Either way, the wrap of two and three around that area, that's where Ertz gonna go, or Kittle, whether it's Kittle or Ertz. That early third, late second, that's mm. where that's going to happen because, oh, yeah. because it's so top three tight end heavy. And then after that, you hope that like people forget and then you can yeah. grab an OJ Howard you can in the fifth. Just, like ambush. Or, or yeah. yeah, like fifth or, you know, fifth round, you grab OJ Howard. I think OJ Howard is probably a Hunter Henry. I think people are going to go for 
Nishoku or some like Evan Ingram like above. I hope they do. I hope they do because I think Jared Cook's probably gonna get overdrafted. You can probably Howard and I think Henry, Henry definitely are gonna. Drop. Ebron is gonna be the most overdrafted tight end. That's fine. That's by fine. far, That's and fine. I hope I hope he does because I would one hundred percent rather have Henry Howard and all that. Yeah. All right, should we should we move on to defenses quickly? Yeah, let's quickly strategize defense. Not quickly, but. Oh, no. If we want, we can also break this up into two podcasts. No, let's fucking... Let's no, I mean, we could do it now and then break it up. Oh, yeah, we probably could. Look at that. <laughs> I could I could edit two things in one shot. We could nice. do that. All right, so instead of uh, ranking it... Uh, um, also, this, the Yankees-Twin series is ridiculous. So good. Yeah, it's just uh, dingers left and right. I was telling John, I woke waking up this morning... Uh, as I went to bed, and the Yankees were down eight to two. Uh, waking up, seeing Yankees win off of seven RBIs by Didi and great catch by Hicks. I'm like, what the fuck? Oh, and then catch, I, and then I watched all the fucking highlights, and I was like, holy shit! I'm like, can't believe I missed the rest of that fucking game. Yeah, fucks. I have to go to bed early to wake up early. <laughs> all right. So uh, instead of ranking defenses, we're gonna talk about what makes defenses consistent from year to year. And that way, more predictable, because a lot of people, a lot of rankings go off um, points last year and predicting turnovers and, you know, return touchdowns and stuff like that is, is impossible. So, um, Brian, do you want to go with your list that you uh, that you put together? Sure. So I put together a list um, that's points per turnover. So, how many points did a defense garner just off of turnovers? So, fumble recoveries, mm-hmm. interceptions, touchdowns um, from turnovers. And this just would give you a, a look at kind of if they were too dependent on turnovers. So, if their rank in turnover points was so much higher than their actual ranking... Um, it's kind of like an indication to stay away because they they inflated their rank With through them. turnovers and not um, and not just like solid like keeping teams from scoring. Yeah. And look, turnovers are a crapshoot because I look back at 2017 and it's just all over the place. Uh, if you ranked two th- if you ranked both years, you could invert the rankings and it would, you wouldn't know any different. So pretty much turnovers, uh, yes, there's some ball hawk teams, yeah. but a lot of times it's luck. Um, a lot of times a fumble bounces a certain way, a ball's batted a certain way. Um, it, it's, it's very luck, and especially touchdowns for defenses. So um, Chicago Bears, far and away, the top team um, for creating points off turnovers. 98 of their 177 points came off of just turnovers. Wow. Um, Rams were number two. Houston, number three. Kansas City was number four, which is crazy, seeing as uh, you just think of them as giving up 50 points a game. Mm-hmm. But because of their turnovers, they jumped their ranking up to number nine in the overall standings. So I know they got Barry back. I mean, they, they might also, they also had this the- year. They also but the top amount of don't sex. look at their ranking. Well, even that big game where we're back and forth with them and the Rams, where they gave like each gave like fifty points right when that game, like yeah. crazy. Yeah, there's they, a bunch they, of 
They had a couple of t- touchdowns. Yeah, they still, that defense still put up a good amount of points, even though they, you probably had negative for giving up yeah. points. So it's probably a defense. I mean, look, Kansas City also was second in the league in sacks. So um, I'm not going to say stay away from Kansas City. I'm not going to say jump on them. I'm going to say they might finish around the same. They probably won't give up as many points, but they won't get up as many turnovers. But it's nice that they do get pressure. The one defense I will say stay absolutely far away, not that I think anybody would draft them anyway, would be Miami, who came in at number five in points per turnovers. Generated 74 points for turnovers um, and ranked 16th as a defense total. So uh, without turnovers, they would have been a bottom of the league defense. Um, So that's the top five. Chicago, I'll zone in on because although I'm trying to tell people that turnovers are <laughs> unpredictable and Chicago had six defensive touchdowns leading the league. Um, so they won't get that again, but even without the turnovers and if you just do rankings of points, um, given up and sacks, they're still number one defense in the league from last year. So maybe they'll fall to three this year or something like that. But they're still a pretty safe bet to draft number one overall. And they won't, they probably won't have the fall off that most teams have when they lead leagues and points for defense. And it's mostly because of turnovers because they were just all around a solid defense. And they're a young defense who I think is going to get like a little better and more cohesive together. You know? So like yeah, that, that should sure. definitely help that, uh, their cause. So, um, I, and I just want to go over two more teams real quick, uh, that stood out from this. I, well, I'll do three more teams. One, th- I'll, I'll take five seconds on because, uh, you're not going to draft them anyway. Cincinnati, a big stay away defense, created a lot of turnovers last year, had five touchdowns, um, ranked 28th in the league, uh, on actual defense. And absolutely inflated by touchdowns. Yeah. Um, so that doesn't matter. You're not going to draft Cincinnati. Uh, one team that I think might finish first overall this year in defense or second to Baltimore, uh, second to, uh, the Bears is Baltimore. Um, they went from 34 turnovers and six touchdowns in 2017 to 17 turnovers and three touchdowns in 2018. Which is a big drop off. Yeah, uh, they cut everything in half. Um, they, now they did lose some key distributors. Uh, they lost some key players this also year. Got Earl Thomas. Things were cut in half. Uh, but they also got a huge guy. Yeah. So things, all their turnovers and touchdowns were caught, stuck in half. I mean, they still had a good amount of sacks and they ranked tied with four teams in 17th in the league in turnover points, but still ranked fourth overall in defense so that just means they were a very good defense last year they didn't like the luck didn't fall their way but they still rank top five this is a team that if you're picking after the bet if you're picking obviously last round or second to last round and just trying to throw a dart at a defense i'm going baltimore as my second overall defense um and then pittsburgh is another one that i have up there uh, 22nd ranked in turnover points, 12 ranked total defense, but they led the league in sacks. Um, 
Really? And I, yeah, they led the league last year in sacks, uh, tied with Kansas City. And, um, wow. just a team that, you know, again, if you're going to throw a dart at a dartboard, throw the dart at Pittsburgh. But, um, if I was going to rank one, if I was going to rank my top three defenses, I definitely have Chicago and Baltimore in there and then Rams or Houston, um, following suit. You know, it's, it's, uh, it's interesting to, uh, note that like the teams like Pittsburgh and Kansas City, with very high-powered offense, puts a lot of points on the board. Obviously, see a lot of sacks because they force the other teams to throw the ball. A lot. Yeah. And then, as long as you have a good enough front, you know, seven, you're able to just, you know, get those sacks and you know cause the pressure. So, I think Kansas City, for sure, can keep that up in the sack department with their with their uh, their defense as long as they keep putting points on the board. But, uh, yeah, no, it, it's a really good stat to see, you know, get rid of the, the turnovers slash touchdowns and see what your defense can do because touchdowns are 100%. Like, I don't want to say, I guess not l- like all luck, but like, you can't count on that from year to year. I mean, you unless really, you have Devin Hester, yeah, you can't, like, well, yeah, <laughs> spe- yeah, like, uh, who, who the hell was the other guy in the Chiefs? What the hell was his name? Dante Hall. Dante Hall. Um, it's like, that's a different story. But, you know, remember the year where, um, I always bring it up, uh, the Saints won the Super Bowl. Like, they had tons of touchdowns. And that defense was a very high-ranked defense. But, you're following, not so much, because you don't get those touchdowns, you don't get those points. So it's like, the Ravens are a good, really, measure of what you can expect of a team that, even if they don't get the touchdowns and turnovers, is still a stout defense that should minimize points against and be able to still get some sacks, you know, and just be a consistent defense week in and week out. Minnesota was also kind of like a mini Ravens. They still rank seventh in defense. They didn't have a lot of turnover points. Um, so if that, if, I forgot to mention that they were kind of like a, a mini Baltimore, not as, not as crazy as Baltimore. They, I mean, they had second ranked or third ranked in sacks. And I actually think they could be, uh, I actually think they were a little down because I think they are a team defense that can possibly cause more turnovers than they did last year, uh, based on who they had. I, I mean, Minnesota's whole season last year was just weird. It was a weird season. So, like, that's a team I could see on the upswing of a defense yeah. is the Minnesota Vikings. That may get overlooked a bit because everyone's looking at it. Yeah, they didn't, no, t- no touchdowns. They were on uh, interceptions. They were, you out, know, they were you, bottom half of, on interceptions. You know, teams are going to draft the Bears. You know, teams are probably going to draft the Eagles. Yeah, you know, some joker, some joker is drafting the Bears. Round ten, and and you're gonna have people drafting the Eagles for some fucking reason, and then you'll have people drafting the Chiefs. But maybe, maybe the Vikings this year get overlooked, huh. and that would be a team that I think could definitely. What do was, what was their ranking uh, versus uh, their interception point or turnover points? Which one? The Vikings. The Vikings. The Vikings had the. Um, they were tied with. One, two, three, four, five team, or no, four teams tied with 11th. They're tied with the Jets, Washington, and Buffalo, but by far the highest ranked overall, overall. defense ahead of all those three. Um, 
so well, they they weren't helped by their turnovers yeah. and touchdowns. They were hindered by it, which is good for the following yeah. for the year. Yeah. Yeah. For this year, so it's good. That, if you're hindered by your turnovers in your ranking, but your ranking's still high, it's a pretty good indicator. So that that is defense I would definitely more be excited to get than maybe a, a Houston or even yeah. A- what was what was Houston at? Houston was the number um, three turnover point defense right behind the Rams, and they were ranked number two. So Houston Houston did have a, st- a good defense. Um, the Rams did have a good defense. They were ranked number three overall defense, but had second most in turnover points. Um, these are good defenses. I still can see a Baltimore rising ahead of them and a Minnesota rounding out the top five. I, I think that's a solid top five. Yeah. Is a Bears, Baltimore, Minnesota, Rams, Houston. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. Or um, Houston Rams. Or but as I always look, uh, a defense isn't a thing I would, wouldn't draft maybe until the third to last round. Or, you know, like, that's where I would look to draft my defense. So I'm not overdrafting. I'm not overdrafting. Um, because we not know, at all. we know how, how quickly the, 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 the league can change and your team can change and your defense just go flat. And if anything, this stat is a good indicator not to over – I mean, sure, draft the Bears' first overall defense. I'm not going to knock you on that. But don't draft them like an actual player because they were an actual player last year. So last year they led the league by far in defense. But don't draft them like you're like, oh, this is – well, this is the one defense that could win me a league because they came in at 27 touchdowns, which by far led the league. I mean, 27 interceptions, which by, by far led the league. Um, the nine fumble recoveries and six touchdowns. It's just, it's tough to get that many points from turnovers a second year. I mean, 27 interceptions is, is a wild number. I'd say it's so much higher than anyone else in the league. Well, if you remember the 2006 Bears, uh, where they basically fucking made every person who caught the ball fumble. And. Well, that's because Peanut Tillman was there. Well, yeah, and you had Brian Erlacher and you had a great fucking Bears defense. And then the year following, they were, they just could not do what they did in 2006. So like, yeah, they'll be good. But yeah, don't, like you said, don't draft them like a player. They don't, don't go round 10, round 11 drafting a fucking defense because you will regret it because you can get some good upside, some good players that may become, you know, much better than anticipated. And still find yourself a decent defense back in rounds 14, 15, 16. So. Yeah. And, and look, I'd still, if it's round 14 and the defense hasn't been taken yet, I'm going Baltimore. So if you want to follow my advice, go for it. If not, don't. They're, they would be my top defense pick this year. Mm. Just from everything I looked at and adding Earl Thomas, uh, I think they're going to be stellar this year. I would still go Bears number one. I will never get them on any league, though, because, like you said, they mm-hmm. will be drafted. Also, for for the Ravens, having a very um, time consuming type of offense where they just want to run the ball, run the ball, run the ball, for sure, also helps. Yep, with uh, time control with their, with their defense, keeps yeah, them fresh and, and keeps the points down. That, and that, so look, he's uh, Lamar Fumble Jackson for sure. 
He loves fumbling, but he doesn't throw enough to have too many interceptions. I don't think they're just gonna. I don't think they're gonna be uh, like what kind of the Giants' defense has been plagued with for so many years, which is they keep starting in their own field position because Eli can't get a first down. They're gonna get first downs. I mean, they run it. Jackson's gonna get first downs. It's whether they could punch it in because they're run. It's gonna just everything's gonna be so clogged when they get in the red zone because they run so much. Hmm. Um, yeah, so I don't think they're going to stick their defense with terrible field position game in and game out. You just have to hope that he could progress year two um, in passing because and fu- and holding on to the ball. and holding on to the ball. But he I mean, like atrocious. But, at he, but he now has like a running back that can be a dual threat because you know when you had Gus the bus, he can't. Gus you know, he wasn't really a pass catching running back. You had. uh the greatest Javoris Buck Allen, who was mainly a uh, pass-catching running back, who really wasn't a between-the-tackles runner. Uh, and, you know, you just had Alice Collins, who was a between-the-tackles runner, couldn't catch the ball, and they hated him with a fiery passion. Uh, then now you have a dual threat that hopefully Lamar Jackson can progress, do the checkdowns, get the ball to Mark Ingram, if he needs to, and then again, move the ball forward and keep that clock management going where he can run the ball, pass the ball a bit, and then again, not get stuck in their own territory, three and outs, you know, punting, you know, if you can get that clock management, move the ball forward a bit, that defense yeah. will probably be way better than I think even expected. For sure. And obviously they can't run it as much. With him, I uh, it's he's he will get injured if they try to do mm-hmm. what they were doing uh, last year, sure. which was nine point two attempts a game. Way that's too many insane. Times. That's insane for a quarterback. They can't do that again. The dude fumbled uh, twelve times in seven games. That's like, more. That ru- just means he's he has the ball in his hands too much. That's more rushing attempts than Austin Eckler. Like <laughs> Eckler was getting less rushing attempts than he was, and he's a better runner. <laughs> so it's just yeah, they gotta just. They gotta pro- they gotta progress him as a quarterback year two. They have to. Just can't be a runner throwing the ball ten times a game. It's ridiculous. So, All right. any any but, other defenses uh, pop out at you? I mean, of course you'll hate me, but I still think the Saints are going to be a, a a good defense. They have. I uh, mean, just don't play them in the first couple weeks at when they play at home because they always give up. 50 points. They have a good, they still have a decent front seven, and I just, I think they have the playmakers in the secondary finally that could just limit big plays. So, I think they're going to be a top 10 defense this year, and if, you know, all the the defenses that I'm looking at sort of go away, yeah, I might pull the trigger on the Saints in the second to last round, because that's where they'll probably fall. So, Mm -hmm. I like the Saints, it's not a bad, uh, you know, secondary defense, if, if, the, if the defense you wanted, you know, went away like a Ravens or a Houston or a Chiefs or even a Pittsburgh, you know, they, they will get the sacks. I, I like the Saints. And if you want their turnovers compared to their ranking, they were ranked 15th, tied for 15th with the lowly Giants, which was in turnovers. The Giants, the Giants came in at 27th in the league, but had 15th in turnover points. So they're tied at 15th wow. in turnover points and ranked 17th in actual defensive uh, okay. points. So, so they, they were, were very middling, middling last year. Aggressively mediocre. Uh, but a lot of young 
defensive talent, so you never know. Yeah. So I like it. I mean that that would be also the like I guess if you wanna if you're somebody who's gonna be really high on Cleveland last year this year, yep. it's that they're have a lot of young defensive talent. You just think they're gonna rise. That's the thing, yeah. You just hope they continue to progress. That's the progression. Yeah. Uh, that was actually my next two teams. Uh Cleveland and Indianapolis. I just wanna and Cleveland did not have a defensive touchdown last year. Hmm. So, you know, that's probably going to change this year. I would assume that they will have a defensive touchdown. I'm going to say first one's going to be by Denzel Ward. Right? Or are they Ward? Anyone? No? Miles Garrett, maybe? No? So, I mean, yeah. Miles Garrett, one of the best players in the league. He, and as young as he is, he's just a phenomenal player. Um, you yeah, know, Indianapolis, yeah, I actually, um, I agree with you on that one. I like that. I think the offense is going to be really, really solid this year. They're going to. Well, I mean, they were they were like a pretty decent defense for the first time in a while last well, year. What is what is their turnover thing uh, rate uh, thing? Because I feel like that offense is a a team that will cause other teams to to throw a lot. Yeah, and yeah, I mean, they decisions. had no they had another defense with no touchdowns last year, so that hindered them. Um, Tied with four teams ranked 17th with turnover points and 13th overall. So wow. their turnovers held back their rankings. I mean, they have the stud rookie linebacker. Yeah. Mm-hmm. That, I mean, Indy's that, that's another a team. dark horse. No, team that's that definitely I, a team. That I, I think they should finish in the top 10. I would put Indy in my top 10 rankings. Honestly, I think, uh, yeah, I would definitely, if I had to pick between Indy and my, and the Saints, I'd probably go Indy because because of that stat right there, like the no touchdowns, basically, and the turnovers themselves hindered that defense. Like that was a good defense without turnovers, and especially during the end of the year. So, um, yeah, they got, which, which, mean, which means they got better. So, like, yeah. I like that a lot. So, yeah, and, and you know, they got better, and they just got. I I think teams get. Um, you know, just more, uh, momentum is a thing. So you go into a season after an awful season. Yeah. Um, and you're not sure what Andrew Luck is going to be. You're not sure if this is another fucking throwaway season. And Andrew Luck comes in a little slow. I mean, he's still great, but he's not thrown too far. He's, he's, he's not doing everything he can do. Um, they, they start off with a bad record. Um, he has, he's not looking the same. And then he just starts fucking Andrew Luck of old, just gunning it and just killing it. And everybody starts playing better. And, you know, a rising tide uh, rises all ships. I don't think that's the saying. <laughs> a high tide rises all ships, something like that. It, it was close uh, enough. It was close enough. <laughs> uh, so I think they're going to come into this season completely energized and think that they are going to win that division. I think they're going to think that, and that's going to help everybody. Yeah, it's going to be it's going to be fun between them and Houston. Um, all right, I should have um, one question about a, a team that everyone thought was going to be great defensively and then sucked defensively. Uh, well, not sucked defensively; it was just worse than everyone thought. Was uh, Jacksonville? Yeah, so they went from tops in the league in turnovers to um, right, not the bottom, but. Bottom eight. Okay. They had that uh, one game goals. where they give up, where they, where they shut out the team and they, like they fucking, like it was yeah. an outlier so the, game. Yeah. 
they finish in the bottom eight um, in turnover points. So 46 points total off of turnovers. They only had 17 turnovers okay. and then two touchdowns. Um, but even though they finished in they, that, they still ranked 14th overall. So their turnover – and I have Riser in uh, – in, um, Right next hand. to them. I so I see your hand moving. I know that man. Parentheses. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> parentheses. I've riser in parentheses next to them. So I, yeah, I think they definitely will go up. Um, people will forget about them. They were pitiful with turnovers last year. They were down near the bottom of the league defense. I mean, let's also let's also state that like they had almost no offense. Yeah. So that really fucking hurt them a lot. Yeah, let's say the. The addition of Nick Foles could definitely help them up, help them a bunch. And also, help, I feel help, help them up. <laughs> well, help, yeah, like help them up. And then I just, I, don't know, I feel like there was a lot of drama around their team last year. They couldn't deal with the success that they had in the playoffs the previous year. They didn't even know what they were doing with the quarterbacks. They kept going between Bortles and whoever the fuck. Well, yeah, had, like, like, I mean, Fournette was causing and, like they, he, was he was up in the air the entire time. Like I could, I could see them rebounding, even if just if they just. Settle down from the drama of last year. Two, two. It'd be cool if you, I mean, I'm not gonna say you do it because probably this seems like it took a while, but like what they had two years ago when they were, when their defense was great, like how, mm. how opportunistic their defense was and then the change. I mean, they, they were opportunistic two years ago. I, I do remember them, uh, making a ton of, I mean, the, yeah, I mean, like, that could just be, like, just, like, but, the big plays that stick out in your mind. Like. But you have to remember that I really think it comes down to the offense being able to just keep that defense off the field, mm-hmm. put points on the board, and then put them into better situations. This offense really put the defense into bad situations on many occasions. Bortles was such a piece of shit that they couldn't move the ball. And then they had to get rid of him, and anyone they put in after him was really just the same. They yeah. had no and running. So they, they went no from 33, 33 turnovers mm-hmm. and seven touchdowns in two thousand seventeen to seventeen turnovers and two touchdowns. That's a so crazy drop. So that so that shows you. How much turnovers factor in? So we could be uh, we could be ranking a top ten based on this list, and just completely gloss over someone who is just going to have a lucky turnover touchdown here. Yeah. Um, a, a defense that just comes out of nowhere to score six touchdowns, and if you score six touchdowns, that guarantees you to be a top five defense. Like it's just how it works. Like you just it's. Chicago led the league with six defensive touchdowns. And then the next one, closest one, was five with Cincinnati. But Cincinnati was an awful defense. Um, they ranked 28th total Crazy. defense. So Cincinnati was one of those defenses that got away with uh, five touchdowns and 18 turnovers. And they were shit. They, but they were shit. Okay, yeah. I, st- I, I definitely think the Jaguars are going to be a top 10 defense this year. Um, I don't, I don't have any doubt about that. I think they have the, uh, the talent. I think they're offense. Do they have the skill though? I think their offense, that was, that <laughs> was the name of our last podcast episode. Um, it's, it's called a callback, Anthony. 
Um, I, I don't know what that is. Um, it's when I call back to a joke from. Oh, that's that is. Oh. Um, anyway, uh, I think it'll be a top ten defense. I think their offense will be better this year, and it will not hurt them as bad as it hurt them last year. And they they just. It's really bad. Although I will say I think they are being overvalued as I saw a few experts on a few different sites have them in the top three. And the I Jaguars? don't, yeah. And I don't think that's yeah, going. I've seen that too. I don't think that's going to happen. I think that's a little. No, I, too... I kind of, yeah, I agree with Brian's. The Bears, Ravens, and Steelers probably. Top uh, three for me. Uh, and Chief, I mean, yeah, Houston Chiefs. Rams are up there, and then Minnesota. I think Minnesota, Minnesota. I, I, I just, I see the Jaguars top ten. I don't see them top five. Do not see them top five. But they, they're gonna be up there. Like that would be a team that I would not be disappointed with if I ended up with in the second to last like round, which is where I usually draft my defenses anyway. So Jaguars, Colts, those would be two teams I wouldn't mind having because. So last year, the top 10 defenses, if you're just going by ESPN with the normal defensive uh, stats, mm-hmm. Bears, Texans, Rams, Ravens, Patriots, Broncos, Vikings, Titans, Chiefs, Seahawks. Um, I do not see the Seahawks or Broncos being anywhere near the top 10. Se- Seahawks and Broncos were both just steady defenses, so that's why they got in top 10. Like, their turnovers were top 10, yeah. but they weren't over their rankings. They actually, their turnover ranking and their ranking matched what they their ranking. Okay. So Seattle came in at 10, Broncos at 7. Um, the one team that's going to absolutely fall out, I think, is Titans. Yep. Um, they were very much helped by their turnovers. And just, I, I think they're they're done. They're falling out. And that offense, I think, is going to... Be a hindrance to them the way the Jaguars' offense was. Like, as much as we love the Chargers, we hate the Titans. <laughs> yeah, I think the Titans definitely fall out. So if you're looking at last year's defenses to judge this year, then uh, I and you want to drop one, uh, it would for me it would be the Titans. It would be the Titans, Broncos, and Seahawks. <laughs> yeah, t- well, I, I would put it in that order though. Yes, yes. And maybe even the Patriots down a little bit. Like, I wouldn't have the Patriots in my top five, even though they finished number five. Uh, Patriots wouldn't – they just do what they do all the time. But they would probably be a top 12 defense for me. Sure. Yeah. yeah. If you're, I mean, I, I think they sh- should be drafted. But they're, they're a team that you're going to drop the first time you have a better matchup. Oh, of course. Of course. Because that, so, that's yeah. what they are. That's the kind of defense they are. Um. But yeah, fuck defenses. Yeah, it's just so fucking weird year to year. Yeah, it doesn't matter because every year there's at most three defenses that you don't drop. But I will, I will tell you, I don't know who else is talking about it the way we have been with uh, removing turnovers and touchdowns. But that is a great way to really look at your defenses because we should put that list up somewhere. It's never. We're on Twitter. Uh, it's never, it's never really talked about that way. Um, we always talk about touchdown dependency when it comes to like running backs and wide receivers, but touchdown and turnover dependency for defenses is a huge fucking stat, and it cannot be relied on. Mm-hmm. And we've seen it in years past that a team that just fucking balls out one year with fucking ten fucking touchdowns and thirty, forty fucking turnovers, the next year. 
craps the fucking bed with turnovers, and the defense just can't hold up because they weren't really a good stout defense. But a defense that, like the Ravens, who maybe don't always get the turnovers, but year in and year out can be a stout defense, so they'll always be around top ten. So, like, that's what you need to look at. Like, that, that, it's, it's a great... It's a great way to look at defenses instead of just fucking just being like, oh yeah, this top ten defense because they were fucking doing this. Blah, blah, blah. No. Yeah, you won't. You just won't see repeat performances on. I, I mean, unless you're like the fucking Ed Reed um, Ravens defense or like just the absolute absolute ball hawk defenses. Yeah. Um, that just like their philosophy is to go out for strip sacks and interceptions, and they've been known for that, which is so rare. Um, especially in today's NFL, it's you're you're probably not going to get a Seahawks again. You're not yep. going to get that Baltimore again. It's going to be tough to get that again. Um, so yeah, you just you're not going to see repeat performances in turnovers very often unless the defense is just really lucky two years in a row. Exactly. And like again, we're not saying the Bears may not be number one. They may well be number one, but they're not going to get that fucking turnover. And touchdown thing the way they did last year. Well, that's because Khalil Mack also, like, accounted for five of them himself. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, they're not going to be number one by 41 points, which is what they were last year, which is a lot of points when their total points was 177. Yes. And we, oh, wow. We will guarantee that shit right now. That, that, yeah, that is a crazy percentage. Um, all right. Anything else? I think that is it for this week. Um, all right. So follow us on Twitter at fantasy underscore lens. Uh, just, uh, send us, uh, nudes and emails at fantasylenspodcast at yahoo.com. Did you say nudes? What? No, news. Oh. <laughs> it sounded like you said send us nudes. No, that's what I said. I said nudes. Um, and Not also. funny nudes though. I mean, it's getting kind of weird with the bunny thing. Yeah. I, I'm, I report Dave every time he replies to us. It's getting real weird <laughs> with your bunny thing. But, uh, keep it going. Why not? Um, yeah. Uh, I was gonna say, yeah, follow us on Instagram, Fancy Lens Podcast, um, and rate and subscribe, and tell your friends to rate and subscribe, and your elderly parents. That is the best parents. thing is rating and subscribing. Rating is great because like the more ratings you get, the, the move, the more you move on iTunes. So if we can get more ratings, yeah. Also, if you're in a Target, just like thirtieth episode of. Fan- I don't know what John was doing. John, Sorry, John I was, was replaying one of our episodes. No, I was, try, I was trying. I was going to see if we. What would you do in Target? Go to all the electronics and rate. Uh, yeah, go to all the iPhones and just rate us on iTunes. Sure. I never. Or the of classic, that. if you're at a gym and you see somebody put their um, phone down while they're changing, just pick <laughs> it up and subscribe and rate. Or if your grandparents have iPhones, just subscribe them to our yeah. podcast. Why not? Because they don't That's give a it. shit. They have no idea what's Better going on. Better than to get involved in with like they they're old. They don't like know that. what's going on. Um, yeah, so next week, hopefully, I think we will be possibly back with a Marvel-centric podcast before we get into our mock draft, because there was a ton of Marvel news at Comic-Con, and we will, obviously, people love those those episodes we had on the Marvel Cinematic Universe. If you want, <laughs> check those episodes out. Uh, they are on our, uh, on our iTunes and whatever. But yeah, I think we're coming back with some Marvel news next week and then bring it back to football. Um, but again, like John said, we're on Twitter, so hit us up with any of your football questions going forward. And we will see you guys next week.